frequency of heaven I want to be Hello and welcome to the Frequency of Heaven podcast. I pray that you're doing well and uh, healthy. And if you're not healthy, we'll pray that you will be soon and blessed of the Lord. Actually, we have a passage today on the podcast about a woman, a woman who struggled with health. Actually, she struggled with health for 12 years and she tried everything. And, uh, you know, when you think about people who are going through stuff, you know, there's different levels. There, there's people who they they give up and they, they just settle, and this is how my life is going to be. There's there's those who, you know, I'm, I'm going to, whatever it is, I'm going to lose weight or I'm going to make some uh, changes and give up some things, and I'm going to fight to have better health. Well, here today, we have a story of a woman. She was willing to keep fighting, and though she had tried everything, she had not yet had an encounter with Christ. And uh, what we're going to see is she had some fire. She had some passion and uh, she wasn't going to quit. And God blessed her faith. And, you know, that's really the lesson today. When you are down and out, we got to understand, you know, remember Nahum 1 verse 7 says, God is good. You know, he takes care of those who need a refuge and he he protects those who trust in him. God is good. And I think this woman somehow, some way in the core of her being, she she pressed in and touched the hem of Jesus' garment and her faith, her faith that this is Jesus and her faith that Jesus is good. And there is something going to happen if I can just get to him. Let's read this story and uh, then we'll we'll make some points here. This is actually in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I'm going to read it from Mark. This is Mark chapter 5, verse 24. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. This is, I don't know, I call it the rock star stage of Jesus's ministry. He's popular. People love him. There's going to be moments where almost everybody leaves him, but not this day. Like everybody wants to be near Jesus. And, um, you know, he he's God in flesh and he, he came here to do a mission I wonder if, you know, if he was ever tempted to be annoyed by this or if, you know, he just had peace. and I picture him just peacefully walking through this crowd, everybody trying to touch him, everybody trying to be near him, and he's just kind of calm on his way. He's been invited to, to help pray for a girl to heal her, so he's on his way to do ministry at someone else's house when he's in the midst of this crowd. And it says in verse 25, a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. You know, I'm trying to think if I've had a problem that lasted that long. And some of you have. Some of you have fought some kind of sickness, some kind of illness for longer than 12 years. That has to be discouraging. To wake up every day and to try to have a good attitude, to wake up every day and not quit, and to just want to lay there and... and uh, a, to slowly seep into negative thinking. I think it would be, it would take incredible toughness, incredible toughness. But she had suffered a great deal, verse 26, 
under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. So, I mean, this lady is desperate and we don't know how much she had, but every penny she spent at the doctor's. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. And that's how it is. Sometimes when we turn to the things of this world to make us better, we get worse. And sometimes, you know, we're, our heart's in the right place, but we're turning to the things of this world. And Jesus, he still heals. Jesus still makes things physically, emotionally, relationally, psychologically better. But we have to have a little grit like this woman and to press in. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him, maybe nervous, scared. Maybe she's trying to be polite and doesn't really want to interrupt him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Now, when I read that, I think about blind Bartimaeus who was yelling at the top of his lungs, son of David, son of David, have mercy on me. So blind Bartimaeus, he believed in healing, but he felt like he had to get Jesus's attention. I don't know where she got this idea. I don't know what Old Testament story she read or if just the Holy Spirit prompted her so we could read this cool story later. But this lady somehow came up with the idea that all she needed to do was to touch the hem of his garment. Because she thought, if I could just touch his clothes, I will be healed. I, I, I just so cool. I was thinking about what if every day with every problem and every frustration, they get cut off in traffic and you're about to lose your mind. You, maybe you're a teacher and you're having, you're at your wits end with that particular student that knows how to push all your buttons. Maybe you're a parent and uh, you, you really are not really sure what you're kind of throwing your hands up in the air. How do I raise these kids? Or it's a problem at work that doesn't seem to have a solution. What if and we were like this woman, and we believed what every little kid in Sunday school knows. When the Sunday school teacher asks him a question, they know Jesus is the answer. <laughs> what if we believed that? What if we prayed? What if we pressed in? What if we believed that in the midst of every problem, I need to get closer to Jesus. I need to touch him. I need to be touched. I was thinking about the old hymn, He Touched Me. He touched me, and oh, the glory that filled my soul. Uh, something happened, and now I know he touched me and made me whole. Think about that. Think about what would change in our attitude, what would change in our focus if, if every problem we had. So, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm trying this. I'm trying that. I've tried everything else. I'm desperate. Why don't we try Jesus and we press in and we touch him and we touch him in prayer. We touch him in worship, but we touch him. Notice what he's going to say here about faith. We touch him with our faith. So she touches him because she thought if I could touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? Now you're going to see the disciples like, come on, lots of people are touching you, you know. But Jesus is, he's knowing that something's different. You see the people 
crowding around you, the disciples answered. And yet you ask, who touched me? Sometimes it seemed like the disciples had incredible faith. Other times it looked like sometimes, you know, they would say things where they almost were so familiar and hanging out with Jesus that they kind of forgot, hey, guys, he's God. If he is asking this question, it's probably for a good reason. So they're kind of questioning here. But we do the same thing, right? We question sometimes things the Lord is saying. Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and she's trembling with fear. So this may explain a little bit why she was scared to come up and touch him. She's nervous. She's wanting to be respectful. This, you know, she really does believe he's God. And maybe she came up behind him and never acknowledged. She didn't like blind Bartimaeus, son of David, have mercy on me. Maybe she didn't yell out to him because she felt unworthy. And, and so she was going to sneak her miracle. <laughs> but the Lord didn't let it happen like that. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. I really want you to think about that. Your faith has healed you. Now, Jesus didn't say that every time somebody was healed. But he does say it several times. He talks about the role of faith and healing. And I want you to think about that because the fact is Hebrews 13.8 says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. He hasn't changed. And so if we believe that and we believe that he's the same God with the same power, whether it's through prayer, worship, fasting, or whatever it is that God calls us to do to press in through the crowd, we need to be those who believe one touch. One touch is enough. I think that's why this story made it into the Bible. You know, John said there are so many stories. If John says at the end of his gospel, if we try to put all of Jesus' stories, uh, the whole earth couldn't hold all the, the books we'd write. You know, he did so many things. Why is this one in Matthew, Mark, and Luke? Well, there's, there's something unique that this miracle teaches us. Number one, Jesus is not on his way to heal this woman. This woman sought him out. And she did it in secret. She did it in a little bit of fear. But he clearly sees her faith. And, um, you know, I want to I talk to you for a minute. Because in Matthew 7, it says, Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and the door shall be open. There are times where if you just do a low-grade kind of asking God for something he will not, that, that doesn't take as much faith. But if you start seeking God, asking and seeking, see the kind of, it's, it's kind of a level up here. I'm really seeking you, God. I'm asking you. Now I'm really seeking you, God. I want this. I need this. I'm pressing through the crowd. I'm not just going to sit back. I, I mean, I have to get to Jesus. And uh, But then there's knocking. There's different levels of prayer. There's different, you know, the guys who tore a hole in the roof and they lowered their friend down in front of Jesus. You know, you, some of these gospel stories are people, they were desperate for Christ. 
Where is that desperation today? When's the last time you saw someone desperate to have an encounter with God? They were desperate to be healed. They were desperate. We need that passion. It says in Matthew 3.11 that Jesus is going to baptize us. John the Baptist said this. He wants to baptize us in the Holy Spirit and fire. He wants to ignite in us a passion-burning fire. And notice it didn't say he wants to drizzle it on you. Matthew 3.11 says he wants to baptize you in it. Fully immerse you in a passionate love and a passionate desire to know God. I was talking to someone recently who has said they're in a really dry place spiritually. They don't really feel like they're able to hear God. They they said they've been praying and they just don't feel as connected. And so we were talking a little bit about how they're spending their time and, and how much entertainment they're uh, watching and how much time they're praying. And You know, when I was talking to this person, it got me thinking later about times in my life where I was really, really busy, you know, kind of like Martha running around doing this, running around. And I wasn't as much like Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. And I've gotten there too, where even though I'm a pastor, I'm dry and I'm not plugged in and I don't have that living water flowing through me and I don't feel connected or hearing God's voice and feeling his presence. Uh, But, you know, something the Lord reminded me of and I don't know this works for everybody, but over and over in my life when I've gotten to places like that, if I will, I shall sometimes lay down with some Christian music and, and just listen to some worship, play some scripture. Now, this may sound, you know, crazy, but, but it's not. But if you, many times in my life when I felt so dry and unplugged, I've done this thing where I got with the Lord with some worship in the word for three hours, cut out everything in three straight hours. Now, sometimes after about an hour, I can feel that trickle of the Holy Spirit coming back into my heart. I can feel like I'm getting plugged back in, kind of like the Wi-Fi connection to heaven is back on, you know? But I just remember several times where I just, I was so weary and empty and dry and I, I just went to the prayer closet and I felt like the Lord said, stay, just stay. Your battery is so low, you need to chart. And it, it, it sounds crazy. It's like, I can't, I can't pray for three hours. Well, I, mean, I didn't really, when I've done that, it's not just straight prayer for three hours. It's a lot of listening. It's a lot of worshiping. It's thanking God. It's being still. It's just soaking in sometimes uh, Christian intermin- uh, instrumental music. Uh, if you will go on YouTube and you will search uh, soaking piano, <laughs> there's several Christian artists out there. It's just light, beautiful piano music. I listen to it all the time, soaking piano. And just soak in it and turn your affection Turn your heart. This is one way we press in through the crowd to touch the hem of his garment. And, you know, 
you could go to counseling for 10 hours or you go to counseling for an hour for 10 weeks or 10 years. But And sometimes we need that and that's okay. But sometimes we simply need one touch of Jesus, but we got to be willing to press through the crowd. You know, sometimes crawl on the dirt, get to the hem of that garment, whatever it takes. We need to ask, but don't stop with asking. We need to seek and knock. We need to press in. And... um we need to worship. We need to chase hard after God. Let me give you one verse to close this out. Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. God bless you, beloved. I pray this has been an encouragement to you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. God has a plan for you. You are, according to Ephesians 2.10, Christ workmanship. God made you with a purpose and plan in mind. There's good works he wants you to do on planet Earth, and nobody can do things like you can do. And don't forget Zephaniah 317, he delights in you. <laughs> God bless you. I want to be on the frequency of Christ. I want to be on the frequency of